Well, here's a question I set up for us last week. Is positive thinking dangerous? That was initiated by a former Eagles community member who, after one of our book studies where we were talking about positive thinking, said that it revealed to him a mindset that is dangerous and he wants no part of it. We're going to talk about that right here, right now. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Hey, welcome into the 48 Days Podcast, where each week we take listener questions talking about the things that give us challenge in our work, the things that give us wins, the new doors of opportunity that we're all seeing around us. Well, this week we're going to continue that. Not taking as many um, real questions here. We're going to focus on this one that was sent in. A lot of you already responded. Got a couple I'll include. A lot of you responded already with my setting the stage for this, talking about positive thinking. So we're going to unpack that. You kind of know where I'm going to go with this, but we're going to talk about does positive thinking make you more vulnerable to being taken advantage of? What should you do if you've failed reaching a goal? What's your best next action if you've been fired from a job? And then what are some steps to increase your positive thinking? I'm going to wrap this up with seven real clear steps, things you can do to increase your positive thinking, which obviously I think is going to give you more opportunities for more success. Our quotation then kind of lines up with this, comes from Anais Nin, who said, we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. Wow, that is so true. You know, we tend to see the the world through our own lens. It's funny, there's been so many examples just recently of what we call the reticular activator, where once you have the mindset for something, you see more of it. That just is very, very true. So a resource is eight questions to ask yourself to mine your own acres of diamonds and unearth the opportunities that exist in your life. So we're going to be talking about, you know, with a mindset, how to anticipate, how to see things that other people don't see and how to get opportunities that other people don't know exist. So if you go to 48days.com slash questions, got that resource there. No login or anything, just uh, go there, 48days.com questions, and you'll see that there. Now, typically I am answering questions. We got a whole bunch of them in the queue that we'll go back to again next week. Some great questions lined up. Thank you so much for those. Again, re- remember you can just shoot your question in if you go to 48days.com slash askdan. And then leave your question there. If I use it here on the podcast, I'll send you an autographed copy of the brand new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. So there's one thing I want to just play for you a little bit. One real short clip, and it's part of a program that I did um, a few years ago with Nightingale Conant, where they have a whole lot of positive thinkers there. And I was on an audio CD that they produced where they selected 25 of their best-selling authors. I'm honored to be in that list over a period of about 50 years and had us share just what is one thing that really kind of tipped the scale for you? One thing that really helped you move forward? Well, it was me and mine. I talked about, and you'll hear here in a minute, I talked about getting the little audio recording, The Strangest Secret. 
where it says we become what we think about. And that's kind of a core principle for what I, how I want us to unpack this today. So this comes from this little audio CD where I'm in the company of Dennis Waitley, John Kamada, Brian Tracy, Tony Alessandra, Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, a whole bunch of us on there, about 25 of us on there. So this is my portion of that, my little contribution on that CD for what was it that really kind of tipped the scale and opened the door and it sets the stage for how we're going to address this thing about positive thinking. Check it out. Hi, this is Dan Miller, author of the Nightingale Conan program, Dream Job. I've had the pleasure of being a life coach for many years now, helping people through the inevitable work and career transitions that come our way. I love my work, and I spend my time helping others find or create work that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. And yes, no matter where we are in an economic cycle, I believe it's possible to do just that. And here's why I believe that's possible. I was raised in a dairy farm in rural Ohio. My father, besides being a farmer, was also the pastor of a little Mennonite church in our one traffic light town. Now, this interesting combination gave me a unique perspective on the world. I was not allowed to join in with many of the other activities of the other kids in town. See, going to ball games, swimming pools, proms, dances, and free time were not allowed. Fancy cars, TVs, current fashions, and other worldly possessions were absolutely forbidden. Yet in that environment, nothing could stop my mind from wandering. Out in the fields, I imagined a world I had never seen. I wanted to do more, go more, have more, and be more than anything I was seeing. Somehow in that restricted little world, when I was about 13 years old, I was able to get a copy of that 45 RPM recording by Earl Nightingale titled The Strangest Secret. Here I heard this gravelly-voiced man say that I could be more and do more by simply changing my thinking. He talked about six words that could dramatically impact the results of my best efforts. We become what we think about. Thus, I was responsible for my future. Not the economy, not my family traditions, not the fact that I was seemingly stuck in a poor little farm, not even my IQ or academic training. I recognize that if we become what we think about, even my possibilities were limitless. Knowing this radical way of thinking would not be welcome in my house, I hid that little record under my mattress, bringing it out night after night again to hear the promises of a better life. My peers were probably hiding their girly magazines under their beds, but this message of hope and opportunity is what captured my attention and imagination. I am responsible for the life I create. That one principle changed my life forever. Although I did encounter obstacles in getting through college, and I did experience a horrible business crash following one of the economic downturns, I have never been able to point fingers of blame at anyone or anything but the guy in the mirror. And knowing that I am responsible has been the key to not only recovering, but springing back to higher levels of success following those trying times. I've been privileged to share that principle with others and to see them break the change of discouragement, resentment, and depression. I've worked with physicians, dentists, pastors, and CEOs who felt trapped by life's circumstances only to discover the thrill of releasing their own creative options for a more fulfilling life. Thanks for allowing me to share my greatest lesson.
Well, there you have it. I want to just share that because it kind of sets the stage. It's a foundational piece for how I have chosen to live. And that is by believing and understanding we become what we think about and choosing to shape that thinking in ways that leads me right through the doors of bigger opportunities and gives me opportunity to hang around people who are enjoyable, who are compassionate, considerate, generous, and all those things. Hey, that's what I want for you as well. So let's kind of unpack this together. So I got a note from somebody who had been an Eagles community member. Now that's our online community where we've got a whole lot of people in there who are sharing ideas and resources growing together. And we're going through 12 books this year where each month we focus on one particular book. So the month of well, February, well, no, March, the month of March, our focus was The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, the old classic. I've gone back to it over and over and over again. So we unpacked that. I had people in the community who had read the book and been impacted by it. Come on. We had a little panel. We talked about it, went through it. It was great, great interactive session for the entire community. Well, this gentleman canceled. And when somebody cancels, we just simply send them a questionnaire and say, it'd be helpful to us if you'd uh, just let us know, you know, what your responses were to the community, why you chosen to no longer be here. And he was gracious enough. And I'm very grateful for this to respond to that. So we're, we're going to, I certainly won't uh, embarrass this gentleman, have no intention to doing that. I don't need to share his name. Um, I've got a neighbor I see walking out here. His name is Newton. So we're going to call this gentleman Newton. How about that? So Newton says, in response to, you know, is there anything we could do to make it more appealing? He says, no. He says, we, the question was, why did you try the community? He said, I was planning on starting a side business and thought the community could offer some helpful advice. What made you decide to cancel? It was the book study on the book, The Magic of Thinking Big. It revealed to me a mindset that's dangerous and that I want no part of it. In preparation for the book study, I was reading the book and applying it to my everyday life. When the book study was going on, I was being interviewed for a job I was seeking. All during the interview, I was thinking big, brimming with confidence about the job I would do for them. In fact, I did so well, I was offered the job. I was then told that I would need to give them my bank information so they could send me a check for the company uh, computer that I needed to get in preparation for this job. It was at that point that, quote, Mr. Defeat came busting out of the corner quote, Mr. Triumph had forced him in and screamed that I needed to check out if this was for real. I went to the company website, searched for the job that I was offered and saw a warning notice that stated that identity thieves were misusing this company's website to con people. Fortunately, I did not provide my bank information. However, when I looked over the text exchange I had with this con artist, I could see the red flags that in my hubris, I dismissed or ignored. It was at that moment I realized how dangerous this positive thinking mindset is. It is not for me. I am what I am by the grace of God and not by the size of my thinking. Thank you for asking. Hope this helps. Well, again, Newton, thank you so much for your feedback. It does, in fact, help. And it's a very realistic issue that you've brought up here. You know, does this positive thinking, is it just a false kind of sense of, 
of optimism and security? Does it open us up to being taken advantage of? Now, I got a bunch of responses already because I mentioned this last week, and thank you for those. I'm going to just share one here because I've got some content I want to move through on some to some stories I want to share with you just about my own experience in this arena and what this positive thinking thing has done for me. But I want to just share this quick note from Adam who says, hi there, Dan, it grabbed my firm attention last week that you have a listener who finds that a positive mindset is detrimental to their well-being. I must admit that I've struggled with depression and anxiety, choosing negative friends in the past, negative habits, such as smoking and dipping, which I've quit years ago, I will say unequivocally that having a positive mindset and outlook beats having a negative one every time. I'm a big believer in Norman Vincent Peale's book, The Power of Positive Thinking. I don't think I'm being unrealistic, but I've found having a positive attitude mentally mentality have allowed me to make friends more so and open what few doors I have in my life than just about anything else. I do believe in prayer, Bible reading, reflection, rigorous exercise, and I'm pretty far from where I want to be, but choosing to be optimistic is one of the few ways I can control my world and how I think, how I operate, how I treat people. I believe that being negative is crippling, soul-deadening, and limits you right from the start. The only thing I can imagine detrimental to this listener is one not fusing an adequate amount of realism with their optimism and possibly suffering from Pollyanna syndrome to a certain degree where one is so excessively and unrealistically optimistic, they lie to themselves or don't see reality as it is. And something terribly negative, when something terribly negative does happen, it's almost like living in denial and makes it incredibly hard to come to terms with something so negative. As with everything, I believe there's a balance to be struck. I've been terribly negative and fairly positive at different times in my life. And I believe positive wins every single time. Thanks for all you do, Adam. Well, Adam, thanks for your note. Uh, And again, to all the rest of you as well who wrote in, thanks for those notes. And certainly because of my own bias in this issue, most of you aligned with my thinking on positive thinking. But what I want to move into this response from Newton, who because of his optimism, was interviewing and having been done online, was really optimistic about what he could bring to the company. They offered him the job. And then, wow, guess what happened? They said, well, we need your bank information so we can send money into your account so you can purchase a computer you're going to have to have. Well, that's a red flag. No question about it. Now, this is one of those fake job scams, which are very, very real, very real. I mean, there's a 30% increase this year over last year, we're told, with this kind of phishing scam. And what happens, scammers harvest contact information. They get personal details from resumes posted on legit job websites like Indeed, Monster, Career Builder. So, you know, a lot of people put up resumes there. You can go scan those. You can get a lot of really personal information. So you can call and tailor an offering that really fits the person. So then, you know, people pretending to be recruiters call, email, text, reach out on social media with high salary or work at home job offers. And then a lot of times the goal is simply to get you to open up to them, to give you information where they can take advantage of you. Now, that's one of the hottest online scams going out there right now. 
because there's been so much work volatility, the great resignation, the great realignment, whatever we want to call it. There've been so many people, millions and millions of people, you know, we're averaging about 4 million people a month over the last nine month period, people quitting their jobs. So there's a whole lot of people who are looking for new opportunities. And if you've been in a $40,000 a year work opportunity, as an example, and then somebody calls you and says they've got a $100,000 a year opportunity for you, yeah, you're likely to be pretty excited. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of people that are uh, being victimized by that. So that's very, very real. However, my concern is with Newton's ongoing response to this and where that's going to lead. Now, in the, in the Bible, there's a scripture, Philippians 4, 8, that says this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I want these things to be in my mind when I'm facing challenges in life, where I'm thinking about what's noble, what's right, what's true, what's pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Those are the things I want to be true in my mind. Now, I'm very intentional about what I think about, especially early in the morning a time when a lot of people just grab their phones, they look at the news feeds that are coming in, they turn the TV on, grab the newspaper, whatever. I don't do any of those because I want to control what my mind is exposed to, especially early in the morning like that. I want my mind to be filled with things that are pure, positive, and clean. So I choose what I let into my, I listen to audio when I'm out walking running, riding my bike. I mean, I listen to a lot of audio, but I'm very selective about what I listen to, you know, books or podcasts, primarily the things that I listen to, because I want those things in my mind when I'm facing challenges. Now we talk a lot in the 48 days community about the three components that it takes to be super successful. And those are the right mindset, the right idea, and the right network. Those are the things we want you to focus on. Right mindset, right idea, right network. If you control those, the world is your oyster, so to speak. But your thinking is the steering wheel of your life. I mean, it, what you think about is where your attention is going to go. Winston Churchill said, the positive thinker sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Now, it's easy to show. I mean, I have been studying this for a very long time. It's easy to show that Life is generally easier and more enjoyable if you're an optimist. I mean, research shows that optimists enjoy a lot of health and lifestyle benefits, including greater achievement, greater health, a sense of persistence and achievement toward goals, um, better emotional health, increased longevity, better relationships, lower reactivity to stress. I mean, all those things just allow optimists to be overall happier. Now, I got another little story here. When I think back, when I was about 10 years old, one of my best friend's name was Bob Queen. Now, one afternoon, we were out exploring. We were back in the woods. At the back of our little farm that we had, there was a tree area, some woods there. We were back there exploring, and a snake bit Bob. Now, seeing the snake slither off, my immediate response was to run after the snake, track him down, and repay the scoundrel for what he had done to my friend. Bob, however being a much wiser hunter and outdoorsman, didn't run after the snake at all. He quickly pulled out his knife, lanced the bite, sucked the blood out, and spit out the poison. 
The focus for him was on his own well-being, not on repaying the snake. But wow, how often I see people chasing a snake in their lives. The business fails, the company folds, or you just got laid off, or you were taken advantage of, like we're talking about here. The immediate reaction may be to include anger, resentment, bitterness, backstabbing. These lead to discouragement, frustration, guilt, and depression, and sometimes a pretty ridiculous acts of revenge. So be aware that all of these reactions and feelings focus on the past. Turning around and looking to the future is what will open up confidence, boldness, and enthusiasm. You know, in working with people over the years, when I talk to somebody who is depressed, who's discouraged, who's guilty, resentful, angry, I know they're focusing on what's already happened. If we can get that person, if I can get you to look to the future, start planning the future, create a plan for the future, you know what happens to that guilt, depression, discouragement, frustration, and all? They tend to get dissipate. They tend to go away. I have never seen somebody with clear goals who's depressed. They just don't go together. Now, if Bob and I had chased that snake, the poison would have been given opportunity to plunge through his veins, I mean, draining his energy, perhaps leading to his death even. So what are you doing in your life? I mean, are you chasing a snake in the past or pursuing a dream in the future? Now, choose carefully because there's a whole lot at, sta- at stake here. Snake, snake. Chasing the snake you know, may look like filing a discrimination suit or carrying a picket sign in front of the old company or focusing on unemployment qualification, spending time watching TV about where you're seeing you know, how bad the economy is and how much volatility and uncertainty there is in the future. You know, it may be never trusting an online interview again. I mean, that would be take, making sure you're never taking advantage of like that again. Not expecting good things to come your way. Now, what's going to look like? What's it going to look like if you are eliminating the poison? Well, there you may be right after the day after you had this experience where you were almost taken advantage of. The next day, contact 30 to 40 companies about new opportunities, companies that you have identified where you'd like to be involved. Spend two hours a day reading or listening to positive inspirational material. I mean, working out, eating right, smiling more, feeling great, planning for the business that you've always dreamed of. Newton mentioned that he really wanted to start a business. Focus on that. Just look to the future and having that be what you want it to be. Now, I have, I, I have family members. I won't mention any names here, but I have family members who accuse me of living in denial because I don't spend time obsessing about the unfairness of how I was raised. I have other family members who are very resentful about having been raised in the household I was raised in. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? At this stage of your life, you're still thinking about what happened years ago? Why don't you draw a line in the sand and decide how you want to live your life today rather than being controlled by what happened years and years ago? I mean, everybody has baggage from their past. I mean, I can hear you, some of you rolling your eyes about things that happened in your family. I mean, every family is dysfunctional in some way. But we all have a choice. 
We can chase the snake, or we can predict what's coming by choosing optimism, by expecting the good in people, expecting people to be kind-hearted, generous, and compassionate. Again, keep in mind our quotation for today, we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. Tony Robbins says, where your thinking goes, your energy flows. Again, that verse that I quoted a minute ago, you know, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, will we be disappointed? Absolutely. Not every person you meet is going to be kind-hearted, generous, and compassionate. You know, when I was in graduate school, uh, Joanna and I were, we were just making things work. My goodness, I had a teaching assistantship, which eliminated my tuition cost for school. In addition to that, I was getting a $200 a month stipend, and that took care of our groceries and miscellaneous expenses. I mean, we were living in a house where I was working off the rent by doing improvements on the house. Joanne was sewing clothes for hard-to-fit women who loved her work. We were just eking out getting by, but we were totally happy. I mean, that's what we had chosen to do. Our son, Kevin, was four years old at the time. We were just a happy little family. Now, somehow, Joanne even scraped enough money together from her sewing to buy me a guitar for Christmas. I mean, I'd always dreamed of playing a guitar. And I started out just those simple chords and was singing John Denver's, you know, Country Road and Morning is Broken. I remember some of the songs back then. But about that time, some friends contacted us about a young guy they had met who was, I think it was actually through our church. They contacted us about a young guy who was just kind of getting his life together and wondered, could we give him a place to stay just maybe for a month or two while I kind of figured things out, got started. We willingly agreed. Sure. We treated this young guy like part of our family. I mean, he came and went as he pleased. I mean, he was doing really quite well and, uh, Then one day we came home from church, a time when he knew we would be gone. My bicycle and my guitar were gone, never to be seen again. And we never saw that young man again. So obviously, I mean, we learned our lesson about being so vulnerable. We learned to never give someone access to our house like that. We learned that generosity can bite you in the behind. I mean, it's better to keep your guard up, protect yourself against people you don't know very well. Well, do you think that's really how we responded? I mean, not a chance. I mean, we've had hundreds of people stay with us for varied amounts of time over the years of our marriage. I mean, Joanne wrote a book titled Creating a Haven of Peace about how we've always had a home that was open and warm and a safe place for not only our family members, but for all those other people who needed to experience that peace. We had lots and lots of events on our property where on the closing night of an event, we'd have everybody pack into our house for food and fun. You know, I remember one night in particular, now that I'm thinking about it, where we had probably about 40 people uh, milling around in our house. And I spotted a lady standing over at the corner of the room. She was right up by our fireplace, but in kind of a dark part of the room. And she was weeping. She was crying. I approached her and asked her, wow, is something wrong? Did she just get some bad news? She said, no. She said she had never before felt the love and peace that she was feeling right then in our house. Our, our ongoing optimism about what we expect in people 
has opened the door to deep and lasting friendships and all the business opportunities I've walked into that allow the life we get to live today. It's by being open. Those things that could have exposed us to disappointment. Well, I think negative expectations, the lack of thinking big will close more and more doors and ultimately leave us very much alone with very few resources available to us. And because of our optimism about other people and welcoming them into our home and lives, what do you think the chances are that Joanna and I would ever be homeless? I mean, we hear about that. You know, I hear about so many people homeless and I think, how in the world would that be possible? I mean, I can't even get my head around that possibility for us. I mean, uh, that we would really not have a place to stay. I mean, the chances that ever happen are absolutely zero. I mean, we have cottages and lake houses and condos and villas and mansions that are totally open to us with repeated invitations to come from all over the world. Now, that's a direct result of our optimistic thinking. But think about the first of the year. I mean, what would be the point of setting goals if you were not stretching for things that seemed just out of reach? And if you really didn't think you could accomplish that goal, do you really think it's likely that's going to happen? No, you've got to believe before anything great is going to happen in your life. Now, five years ago, this next week, there was an article that appeared in the Sunday edition of the Nashville newspaper. So it came out. That was March 1st, 2017. Believe me, I know the date. So on the front page, a a nice lady had come out, done a great story, and it had a picture of me on the front page of the business section telling about the amazing retreat center that we had created on our little farm just outside of Franklin, Tennessee. That news article triggered me receiving a letter from Williamson County, telling me that we were in violation of the zoning for that area and having those live events in our property. Now, that was followed by a personal visit from the codes director who threatened to lock our doors and suggested that our best option would be to bulldoze our beloved sanctuary, that old barn that we had converted into an event center. We had guest quarters in there. My office was in there. It was about 300 yards from our house. But I mean, everything seemed to be clear. We had an impossible situation with no possible solution. We immediately stopped having live events there, which was a big source of our income, incidentally. A lot of people experienced coming there. We loved those events. And they told us to bulldoze the building. I just chose to have a positive attitude, even in the face of what seemed like overwhelming odds against us. And I immediately started to hear countless stories about others who had encountered the same situation and lost enormous amounts of time and money, ended up resentful and angry. But I chose to believe we could resolve the issues. I mean, I contacted the county officials to see what needed to be done to get the proper permits. Now, in retrospect, I would have uh, been mortified to know the complexity of what I was about to walk into. But I started unpacking. What would it take to correct this situation and make the county happy? Well, we had to have a new septic field designed and approved. We had to run new electric water and gas lines, um, four feet 
down through solid rock requiring there were big excavation equipment there on our site for about well almost a month just digging the ditch and of course that was not cheap we had to get inspections and permits for the building the electrical the plumbing the hvac the structure itself so we worked with contractors engineers attorneys to work through the mountain of bureaucracy the meetings and meetings and meetings required you would have thought we were building a 10-story hotel or something and all we were trying to do is correct the situation for our our nice little barn that we had on the property but in the process i wrote checks for and i just pulled it out to check it i wrote checks for one hundred and fifty-eight thousand one hundred ninety-six dollars and 59 cents for various steps in the process now was i at times discouraged and frustrated and unsure about what the end result was going to be yeah you better believe it but did i maintain my optimism that I would eventually resolve it? Yes, you better believe it. I did indeed. Now, if I had faltered in my belief, even for a moment, I could have given in to defeat and just walked away and said it's impossible. And as it turned out, and as much as originally, you know, I thought it'd be a 30-day process. No, it took four years, nine months, and three days. Then on Monday morning, January 31st, 2022, just a couple months ago, the county attorney and the county judge both signed off on us having completed everything. Now, you can imagine how thrilled Joanna and I were when I got that message that they had actually signed off and saw the documentation emailed to me that they had. Eight days later, we sold that property to a waiting and eager buyer. Now, it's very desirable location, and we had had multiple people contacting us in that period of time, so we had things pretty well lined up and in place. But in the time that passed, while I was working on this emotionally draining process, the property increased in value easily by half a million dollars. Now, was my optimism tested? Yeah, you better believe it. Will yours be tested in aiming high for what you want? Absolutely. But do I believe the odds of ending up in a better place are greater with optimistic thinking than with negative thinking? Yes, you better believe it. It breaks my heart to see people who have somehow given up because of a disappointment or a setback or a failure. We're going to have those. Those are inevitable. But to maintain the positive thinking, call it what you want. You know, I don't want to just somehow frame it as you know, positive mental attitude sounds like some you know, cheap kind of psychology trick. You can rename it if you want to. And I think we're all on a scale. I think we can draw a line from one to 10. And on that scale, I'm probably a nine. Because I'm way out there in anticipating good things and good in people and good results and new opportunities. I know I am. And that's not true for everybody. I mean, your personality may have you at a three or a four. Some people are just wired differently. I'm different than most of my family members. I recognize that. And I don't think there's, I don't think we'll ever have a majority of people who are at eight or nine or a 10 in terms of being optimistic. But I think you get to choose. You can choose where you're going to be. You don't have to just say, Popeye mentality, I am what I am. No, you can choose. 
you can choose where you're going to be. And if you need to increase your positive thinking, your optimism, I think you can absolutely do that. Henry Matisse said, there are always flowers for those who want to see them. Again, I just, in my morning walks, I mean, I love, I never get tired of it. I love seeing the birds come alive and talking to each other, the ducks, the little baby ducks, you know, floating around, learning how to swim. I mean, there's so many things to see every single morning when I'm out. And just love seeing nature kind of come to life, see the sun rise coming up. I often leave the house when the moon is really bright, so I get to see it diminish and then see the sun come up. I mean, those, even those little things set the stage for how I'm going to think, what I'm going to expect for the day. So I'm going to give you here, just in wrap-up, I'm going to give you seven steps for increasing your positive thinking. Seven steps for increasing your positive thinking. Number one, control what you think about what you allow into your mind. So important. Number two, spend time with people who are already performing at the level which you want to perform. If you're hanging around people who are naysayers, whiners, and complainers, guess what? You're going to become one of them. You can change that just by choosing who you spend time with. Number three, eliminate excusitis from your speech. That is a term that's used in the book, The Magic of Thinking Big, excuse at us. You know people, you run into them where they have an excuse for everything. They have an excuse for what they've accomplished. They have an excuse for their intelligence. They have an excuse for how they're dressed that day, whatever, excuses. Eliminate excuse at us. And also eliminate those words like, I can't, it's impossible. No, just recognize those are choices for the most part. Well, number four, stretch your vision to see what can be, not what is. Number five, set goals that excite and inspire you. Number six, invest in yourself in ways that build your mental and spiritual power. Number seven, don't wait for perfect conditions. Anticipate obstacles and solve them as they arise. Hey, that's my hope for you today. Uh, I love this topic. Again, I have... Put on hold. I'm certainly not ignoring questions that you all are sending in. Continue sending those in. Again, go to 48days.com slash askdan to continue sending those in. You can send in responses to this as well. I'll be sharing some more of those next week from responses to this issue about positive thinking, but your questions about things that are going on in your work life, um, people that you're having a hard time negotiating around opportunities you thought were there that maybe didn't appear turn out to be what they appeared to be I mean, any of those things are fair game you can shoot those into 48days.com slash ask dan and if i use your question here in the air i'll send you a brand new fresh edition of 48 days to the work you love with my autograph in there for you so i hope that you are in fact choosing optimism that you're choosing what you want your life to be, which I think you can do. Don't just think it is what it is. You get to choose. You can start tomorrow. Draw a line in the sand and make tomorrow the day that you want it to be. So, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for always sending in your questions. I appreciate the reviews. We've got hundreds of reviews out there. That's always appreciated to leave a quick review. It inspires other people to uh, listen and Uh, hopefully get encouragement for what they want to accomplish as well. But thanks for that. Thanks for being open to growing, being a powerful force for making the world a better place and for believing 
without a shadow of a doubt that we can find or create work in the life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.